Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1017. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Keels and Wheels Concorde Elegance that takes place on May 5th and 6th at the beautiful Lakewood Yacht Club in Seabrook, Texas. You can learn more about this event and attending at keels-wheels.com. If you like it, you've just got so much more of an opportunity to be successful. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Daryl Wisniewski. Hey, Daryl, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready to go. All right. Daryl Wisniewski is the owner and president of the Bayway Auto Group in Houston, Texas. He's been in the automobile business since 1975, and he opened his first dealership in 1995. Since then, Daryl has gone on to build a formidable group of dealerships in Texas, including Bayway Lincoln Mercury, Bayshore Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, and Jeep, Bayway Volvo, the Volkswagen of the Woodlands, and Bayway Chevrolet. He's also a huge fan of classic muscle cars and has a Hemi Cuda, Hemi Charger, Roadrunners, a Ford Boss 9, and a Shelby Mustang, just to name a few of the cars in his stable. Daryl and his wife Linda's philanthropy reaches many people in the Houston area, and Bayway Auto Group is a proud sponsor of the Keels and Wheels Concours de Elegance. So, Daryl... I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Uh, yes, I, we left out a few dealerships that I have, too. I've got uh, Chevrolet and a couple uh, and three uh, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram stores and and, uh, and a couple of Volvos and, uh, and, of course, the Lincoln and all. But my son also has a store, too, of his own. But uh, So we, we are, we've grown a little bit over the years. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, we're we're in the car business. It's a car business family. Absolutely. Absolutely. My goodness. Yeah. Amazing uh, uh, group of uh, automobile franchises you've built there. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has some importance to you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So, Daryl, take the wheel. Well, I just like really one of the things I love to say is that, you know, it's a Henry Ford quote really is that if you enjoy what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. And that is me. I've been fortunate enough to find my forte and I love what I do and and, and I've been very successful at it. So that's really the quote that I live by. And I like to tell people, young people, when visiting with them, just like what you do. Find something you like that you'd really like to do. And if you enjoy what you're doing, you really won't work a day in your life. It won't be horrible to go to work and work that eight hours a day or 40 hours a week. And you'll most likely be successful at it. Well, you know, no doubt. And, and I love that quote myself. And But it's a hard thing sometimes for people to figure out what it is they're really passionate about. Have you ever, and I would assume you've been around long enough, you've probably mentored many great people. Is there some kind of a guidance or wisdom you might offer a young person if they're having that struggle of really identifying that passion that's within their life? And I know it sounds like almost an obvious question for us car enthusiasts because we know what our passion is. But is there something you can offer a young folk out there, a young person out there, I should say, that is trying to figure that out? You know, something that's just as important as finding out what you want to do in life is finding out, figuring out what you don't want to do. 
And that's mm-hmm. what helped me really get started, was working in, in fields after high school that I really knew I did not want to do. And so then I think most people stump unless they decide they want to be a doctor or a lawyer or you know engineer or something like that we we tend to stumble into sometimes of what we want to do and we do that though most importantly by finding out what we don't want to do and not putting ourselves in a position financially where we can't take chances if you're uh, in an expense structure in your your life to where you can't take chances but then I think you it's, it's not as easy to to find what you want to do Yeah, very wise words of wisdom from somebody who's figured it out. You know, I talk to so many people that, yeah, they're not that happy with what they're doing. And I always say, then do something different. And then exactly what you said, well, they've gotten themselves under a big mortgage or a lot of car expenses, maybe they've got, you know, living beyond their means and they haven't saved up enough to take that gamble or that risk or that jump into something they really want to do. So very wise words there, Daryl. Well, let's go back in time for you. You're obviously a car guy, and I know you have a cool collection of cars, but you sell lots of cars as well. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed a car guy? Uh, yes, like I said, at an early age, uh, I really knew that my parents used to joke about it, too, is that, I mean, at really young, talking about, uh, you know, the five-year-of-age era in my life where I uh, I knew every car on the road. I, I recognized them and uh, knew what they were, if they were an Impala or a Galaxy, and I could or I could take it, wouldn't just say Chevrolet. I knew that it was a, a Bel Air or, or, or a later on an Impala or, or a Fairlane Ford or, you know, I, I just knew cars. And so that was something I, I really always really, really liked. I knew that was a uh, that was always in the back of my mind that I cars that I, that I really liked them and 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 so I, when I did have an opportunity to get in the car business, I didn't rule it out. I jumped at it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I hear this from a lot of my guests. I think it's just uh, oil flowing through our veins somehow. Uh, it's a DNA thing for those of us who love cars. Most of us uh, that passion started very very early, whether it's with a matchbox on the kitchen floor or a pedal car or whatever it might be. Well, let's take a look at the roads you've driven down. Now, you're very entrepreneurial. You have all these dealerships. I look at people like you and I go, man, how does somebody build this over time? There's a huge amount of risk. There's a huge amount of challenge. And there comes maybe some failure once in a while. So I'd love for you to share a point in time where you really found yourself up against something that challenged you greatly. But tell us how that experience helped you learn, more importantly, and then gain even more momentum as you move forward. I guess after finding my forte in the car business, I uh, I had an opportunity to get in. I worked, begin with, I worked at Tentacle Oil Company in downtown Houston after I had construction jobs. Which <laughs> that construction, that's one of the what I was referring to a while ago, letting me know what I didn't want to do. Uh, I remember <laughs> being up on a, a ladder on the top run before OSHA was around so much and freezing. It was sleeting rain, and I'm on, I got a half inch drill that if it hangs up, it's going to throw me off off the ladder. And that's when I realized that's not what I wanted to do. Uh, and uh you know yes i i did have an opportunity uh, to to leave that business and and went to work inside a tentacle oil company but that's when you find out again maybe that's not exactly what you want to do that's when you found out you know that an hour seemed like a day and a day seemed like a a week uh there even that was great (laughs) my education uh, and all but still uh, then having an opportunity in the car business there was the pivoting point in my life, finding what I really enjoyed doing. When I was fortunate enough to go go in the car business there and took it and took the plunge, but go back to this point where we said earlier of not being in a position financially where you can't take the opportunity or opportunity or the chance. 
whichever one you want to call it. I, in my case, it was opportunity. And so I was able to do it and, and made, gosh, I remember I started on the 10th day of the month, uh, the first month, and, and, and really and truly made four times as much money as I did a, a month at, at Tentacle Oil Company. That was another pivotal point for me. I knew what I wanted to do. And from that point on, I never looked back. I didn't look at other opportunities that may have come along because I could understand. I realized that that was something that I really enjoyed doing. It was, you know, I'd go to work and heck, it was time to go to lunch. And by the next thing I knew, uh, it was time to go home. And I, uh, I loved it. I couldn't wait. I loved working Saturdays. I loved everything. And I knew that that was the, the place for Daryl uh, to be. Yes, there were some downturns along the way. There were some uh, some challenging moments, challenging events. I mean, I've gone through the oil crisis, you know, the first one back in 73 when all the big cars and trucks uh, were worth nothing and everybody was buying the, the Pintos and the... Uh, and the Vegas and all that, and then plus there wasn't any fuel uh, to put in them. So I went through that. I've been through, there was other times, there was rubber strikes where you couldn't get tires. I mean, you couldn't, uh, and so we w- weren't able to get cars from the factory because they didn't have the rubber for them. So Jeez. There, was, there were some challenging points, but you just ride them out. You just ride, it's yeah. like the stock market, I believe. You just, if you're in it, and all, you've got to ride it out. You can't run for the hills first time there's a bad day. There you go. Don't run for the hills the first time there's a bad day. There's a great quote. I like that. Well, let's shift gears and talk about a career aha moment. I like to say it's a pivotal moment in your life when you kind of go, ah, this is the way I got to go. Now, you kind of alluded to one there. You told us about one when you first started working in the car industry and you went, man, this is where I want to be. But maybe it was when you decided after your first dealership, you know what? I can do this again. This is a repeatable, scalable business. Uh, where I can have multiple dealerships. Because for a lot of us, when we hear that, we go, how on earth do you run multiple dealerships? I mean, how do you do that? There's only one of you, and there's five, 10, eight dealerships, whatever it might be. So tell us about one of your career aha moments. It, it is difficult. And, and a, a very wise person with Ford Motor Company once told me, that you know, if a, if someone can't run two dealerships, they certainly can't run 10. So I took that challenge on. I wanted to see uh-huh. if I could could run a second dealership and all. And the hardest thing about this business is when there's so much opportunity in this business because it's so difficult to find qualified and good, caring people and all. So that's, that was my biggest challenge at all. But when I did have the opportunity to pick up the second dealership, failure was not even considered. And just like my first dealership, it was I, I never – ever thought about failing because it wasn't possible because I couldn't. I realized and I saw from the and from the past that dealers that did fail, there's not a second opportunity in this business. There's not. the Because you have to deal with the manufacturer's approval. If you didn't make it the first time, they're not going to probably give you the second opportunity to buy one of their franchises. And uh. Failure was never an option, and I never considered it for the first one. And the second one, I didn't either, but I did have tried and proven people to put in the store as a, as a key person in the store to where I knew that it was an extension of me. They did think similar to me. God help them if they think just like me, but they knew that what we call, because the, the, the organizations call it, you know, Bayway Auto Group, and we call it the Bayway Way. And it's so important yeah. each time to put someone in the new stores that know the Bayway Way. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, well, a couple things come to mind, but one of my takeaways from what you just shared is surrounding yourself with great people. And I hear this from many, many successful business owners. And for young people starting a business, that seems to be a really tough thing to do. Not only find great people, but also realize the importance of people that don't always think exactly like you do. 
surround yourself with smarter people, but what's a, a little takeaway uh, tidbit of advice you might offer people when it comes to finding great people and even more importantly, keeping them? Keeping them is, is, a, is a huge challenge. Absolutely. But, but finding them, you know, it's, uh, gosh, I don't know if there's a real true uh, rule of thumb in, in, in my business. I, I always try, I do my best to, to promote from within. And I believe that it's best to hire, and we, and it's kind of a slang term here, of green peas, meaning hiring people, candidates that have very little experience in our business. And then we're able to suggest and propose and, and use the word train, I guess, to, uh, our way of doing things, which has been successful. And so I like the idea of bringing people that not, they have very little experience or none in our, in our trade and then teaching them the, the correct way to do it. Cause there's so many, there's a lot of organizations, not just car business, there's any type of business where maybe their, uh, their method of doing business is, is not the same as ours. And, and it's hard to retrain people sometimes. So that's why I like taking the, the green, uh, people that hadn't have very little experience. I hope I answered that like. Well, I think you did. And the other thing that comes to mind is that, as you know, way better than I do, but the car industry has massively changed in the last, say, 10 years with the Internet, because I would assume now that consumers come in with so much more knowledge than they used to have, which adds a whole nother layer of challenge for you as a car dealership. And there's the ability now to buy. You don't have to go down the street. You can buy cars from across the country pretty easily these days. So has this change the way that you work with customers and train the folks that you have so that they can better serve your customers so they do stay in the neighborhood and buy cars from you? Absolutely. There's a must of being tech savvy in this business now. You hit it really right on the head. I mean, we, we uh, ship cars all over the country. Now, I'm not saying it's daily, but every month we'll sell four or five cars out of state. You know, the up technology and being able they can look in our inventory, if they're looking for a certain type of car, they want what they want. People want what they want this day and time. They don't walk up to a lot and say, well, they don't have the color I want or, or the, the drivetrain that I want and all, but this will do. That doesn't uh, happen anymore because the connectivity and be able to, to find exactly what they want, and they will drive. And they will also, of course, we're fortunate to be in Houston, because, and we're just really 10 minutes from an airport here to where someone can fly in, and, and we're able to accommodate and pick them up at the airport and, you know, they drive home. So the, the world has changed drastically with the Internet. It, it is a must to be tech technology savvy because when the person comes into the store they in most cases they may act like they don't know exactly what they want but they know and so and, and they may not act like they know they want to find out if you know what they know because <laughs> they've, yeah. they've done so much research about the certain type of vehicle and all and they'll challenge us to see if we know as much as they know yeah yeah i've heard that from many many people uh russell lafleury who was a guest here on cars yeah well his main job is he travels around and trains salespeople all over the country who sell high-end cars like Lamborghini, Porsche, Ferrari. And that's another layer or level of buyer that's very different than maybe just a a basic Ford buyer because they're buying a car not because they need one, because they want one. It's kind of a dream kind of thing. And, And he trains those salespeople in a whole different way to help those customers make decisions So, uh, yeah, it's a very different industry these days, that's for sure. My next-door neighbor just bought an Audi for his wife, and uh, he couldn't find one here the way he wanted it and found it halfway across the country, and three days later, it shows up on his doorstep on the back of a truck, and uh, done deal. You know, it was easy. So Very common, very common this this day and time. Absolutely. Well, let's have a little bit of fun, Daryl, and 
Talk about your first really special car. Now, I ha- I know you have some very cool cars in your collection, but let's go back to the the first cool car you bought that really got you excited and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Sure. Uh, my very first car that I, my very first one to drive was a hand-me-down, and it was a Chrysler product, a little Dodge Dart, but night. That didn't, that didn't last long. My uh, first car <laughs> of any significance and something that I, I dearly loved and still have one today, not that one, uh, but a 67 Plymouth GTX. And I love those cars. I still do. And, um, and which, you know, i got to say this right now. Let me interject this right here. I, I speak so, uh, fairly often to some of the training classes and some of the schools up here, the tech schools and all, and I just recommend to everyone, if you've got a car that's really cool, one of the biggest mistakes, and you really like it as a young person, one of the, one of the things you're going to wish or hope, wish you hadn't done or, or glad that you did was keep that car and somehow or another, so because we move on in life and things change, we get married, uh, we have children, and the car becomes less important, has zero importance, but it will come back at some point. And we all, all of us collectors, seem to to collect the cars of our era, and we all end up seem seem to be buying the the car that meant so much to us. We try and replace it when we get a little bit yeah. older and 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 be able to afford it. Daryl, where were you earlier in my life, buddy? I I totally blew it by not knowing you. I wish somebody had told me that. <laughs> I wish they I think of. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Well, the GTX now that was a pretty cool car. I think it was made from what, like sixty six, sixty seven through the early seventies. And I, I always heard of that car as being kind of the gentleman's uh, gentleman's muscle car, if you will. And I know you're a muscle car fan, so. Uh, what model did you have? Did you have the the 426 Hemi or the 440? Or no, the first one I had was a 440 car. But uh, yeah, I quickly did uh, made modifications to the car and got it running. You know, running 12 second quarters. Yeah, we were. I said, yeah, it sounds horrible in this damn time. Street racers, but we were street racers. There's a group of us uh, that did, but we never raced red light to red light. We were uh, this road somewhere dead end uh, that couldn't couldn't hurt anybody yeah. but ourselves. Yeah, we made modifications to it and got it to run fast and and, and broke it and learned how to fix it because my dad let it sit one time for about six months for, after I'd broke the car, and that taught me a, a real good lesson there. I didn't do that again. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Mopars have always uh, – they're, they're a fascinating brand to me because of what they've always done. You know, they put Hemis and – in station wagons back in the old days, max wedge and four door cars and wedges and big four twenty six wedges and pickup trucks. They're they're a fascinating brand and they still do it. I mean, look from Hellcat now to the Demon, you know, eight hundred oh, yeah. forty horsepower. You know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Wow. Well my uh past cars, yeah, I guess Alan Taylor out there is uh, smiling right now because uh, he just got one of those monster cars and uh Oh, I just saw a little uh, video he produced of burning that thing out. So very cool. Well, you talked about it earlier, and this has to do with seller's remorse. Is there one vehicle you can think of that you've let go that you really wish you had back? Uh, yes, and this will make real good sense to you. I, uh, in 1973, I acquired a Hemi Cuda, which I have one now, all numbers matching and, and all. But I acquired a Hemi Cuda back then, which they meant nothing to, to anybody, really. And I sold the car in 1976 for $2,500. Uh, you can uh, understand why. Yeah, yeah. Our numbers matching uh, Hemi Cuda now uh, is uh, you know, 71 mile is going to be a, a three-quarter of a, of a million to a million-dollar car. Yeah, uh, 500 See, I'd like to have that one back for more reasons than one. 
Yeah. Oh, well, we all have those stories. I'm sorry to bring that up, but uh, <laughs> uh, we've all let we've all let that happen. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. I'd love for you to share a little bit about Keels and Wheels Concours because we're promoting that this entire week here on Cars Yeah, that spectacular event. I'd love for you to give us a little bit about your interpretation and your your viewpoint on that event and why it's important to you. Well, it's, it's a great event. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, uh, I think there has been a name change in, in what the uh, of the group that we support uh, mostly, but it's, it's today's harbor for children, for boys and girls, and there's uh, way over a million dollars now. I forget the exact number, uh, the exact amount that, that have been cre- contributed to to the organization. That's the best part of the whole event is for the the boys and girls and, and the area, and they've done so much for so many. The event itself, though, is spectacular. Because in the South, it's the, the most premier, primo event, concourse event in the South uh, part of the United States. I mean, of course, yeah. we all know the, 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 the ones in California and, and all the way to McCacken and Chicago and November to, uh, to the East Coast shows and, and all. And, they're, and they're, they're outstanding, no doubt about it. For the South, though, Kills and Wheels is the, the best event. They've got cars there. They have such a variety because it's all the way from uh, you know from the classics, uh, the antiques, the classics of the 30s, 40s, and 50s to to muscle to exotics. There at the event, and they attract, they attract a, a wide audience, and it's an upscale audience because of the uh, of the wide variety. But then, even in addition to that, it, it's it, it's at a yacht club. And uh, they've got uh, got have, uh, wooden boats there, and they're yeah. in the water and out of the water boats. So, so it's not just for a, an outstanding cause; it's quite an event and quite an, an experience for yourself and your friends or, or family members and all to see all the cars and boats from back in the early 1900s all the way to the exotics of today to the warmer stuff that's now coming out. That's uh, you know that's outrageous and horsepower. It'll be there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, I'll remind our listeners, Keels and Wheels Concord Elegance takes place on May 5th and 6th in beautiful Seabrook, Texas at the Lakewood Yacht Club. And you can learn more if you go to keels-wheels.com about this event. If you're going to be anywhere in that area, or even if you're not, make a trip down there because it is so worthwhile. And real quick, Daryl, I mean, we're in the spring season, so all the great new cars are coming out right now. This may be a very hard question for you, but if you had to pick just a a couple, three or four of the new cars coming out that have you really excited right now that your dealerships sell, which ones would they be? The uh, first one to come to mind would be uh, that started it all off, you know, all the luxury SUVs of the day, but they uh, nowadays uh, all started off with the Lincoln Navigator uh, back in the uh, late 90s. And I guess they kind of let it get away, and they didn't do a, a lot of updating and upgrading on the product. And the edge that, that Lincoln had uh, got away from them. But this year they came back, the new 2018 Lincoln Navigator, and it is far superior. I'm not saying it because I sell it, and, and that's one of my, my brands. I've got other luxury SUVs, too. But this is far superior to everything, and we're just it, it just rejuvenated the the, the, uh, the brand. The Lincoln brand has brought in people that hadn't in Lincoln showrooms uh, for a long time or maybe even ever and it's just uh, and it's, it's our, our sales forces are so excited and everything about to having this new product and it is truly 
truly a luxury vehicle now like Lincoln used to be back in the old days. Anyway, I'm, I'm excited about that one. Other brands have got some that I've got have got some really neat cars out. You go to Chrysler, you go to, of course, the, the performance vehicles that we have uh, out all the time. And the new Demon is, is just outrageous. And yes, I have one of those too in my private collection. Uh, always, everything's changing in the car business. There's always new product coming out, and that's so was so much fun. You know, uh, Chevrolet's got the new truck coming out this year, and the Zero One's coming back out uh, in in nineteen. There's so many different, really cool, let's say, cars out. The Volvo has come back to life with all their their new. Uh, SUVs, the XC90s and XC60s, and now the XC40 coming out that is going to be a huge seller. Uh, and I'm not promoting myself. I just tell all the neat cars that are out there now. Uh, you know, the other brands that I don't have, all the exotics. I'm excited about all that stuff, too, coming out. It, it, it's just the word wild just comes to mind of all the, the new products that are coming out that are just going to... And you think, this, what could be better than this? And then, and that's so much fun about the car business. And next year, there'll be something that's later and greater than what we're seeing today that we think is just, you know, far superior to anything we've ever seen. Oh, I know. It just keep, seems to keep getting better and better and better. More, more ways to move, and it's so hard to make a choice these days because everything is so good. And the cars these days are so spectacular. They're so reliable, so dependable. They can go so far without having to always be working on them and servicing them. So there's a lot of lot of cool stuff out there. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Daryl. If you were a vehicle, what would Daryl be and why? <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm so much into performance stuff. I guess I'd, uh, I guess I'd be uh, fast and furious and uh, uh, sleek and red or black in a, you know, in a, in a color and, uh, and just uh, appealing to the young folks. Uh, <laughs> something with a lot of horsepower that's for sure you bet Lots very cool very cool where well, daryl up next is the last lap but before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's cars yeah sponsors hey this is mark green you know i've been using covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since i was in high school that was way back in 1975 this month i'm offering you as a cars yeah listener a very special deal Starting April 16th, 2018 through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSYAP on checkout at Covercraft.com. NOAA is the most popular outdoor fabric specially made by Kimberly-Clark to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, Rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. Wolf Ready-Fit Semi-Custom Covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later, and your car will thank me too. That's Covercraft.com, and be sure to use the code CARSYA at checkout. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material, 
and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Daryl, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You've been on a racetrack. You've raced cars. You know what that means. The white flag's out. Time to put our foot into it. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Okay, I would say, uh, and it's going to just be a recommendation and everything. Just buy what you like. Buy what you want. If that's just what you want right now, we only live once. And if you want that convertible, buy that convertible now. If you want that red sports car, buy it. If you want that luxury SUV, buy it. And just enjoy it because cars are so much fun. This is America, and this is one of our favorite loves is automobiles. Get what you want. Drive it like you're mad at it. Well, there you go. Daryl just gave you the clear to fire, everybody. So just go out there and get whatever you want. (laughs) I like that. Oh, my goodness. You're going to get a few people in trouble today, Daryl. Now, (laughs) if if you could share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years, what would it be? Well, let me just say this right here. I about the automobile business and going back to when I got into it and all. I remember about my mother saying, please don't get into the car business. Please don't, <laughs> please don't do it, you know. And uh, I guess the uh, you know, thing i got to say about that is, is mamas, don't be afraid to let your babies grow up uh, to be gearheads <laughs> or, or be in the car business. Uh, uh. Some of the most successful friends that I've got were, were gearheads. Gosh, I, uh, I think a lot of people know of the company uh, School of Automotive Machinists that it puts out all kinds of puts out techs for NASCAR teams and drag racing teams and all that. Gosh, that was a, he was a street racer and a gearhead, Justin Massengill. I mean, just guys that turned out to have guys that I knew that were all gearheads and street racers and all that stuff turned out to have really good businesses and do real, real well. So mamas, don't be afraid to let your babies grow up to be uh, <laughs> to be gearheads. <laughs> gearheads, there you go. Now, how about resources? There are so many great resources these days. Is there, there one that you're really fond of that you'd like to share? I don't know that I can answer that. There's so much stuff, and we just we interviewed some companies last week that's that's new that they're coming out right now. It just changed every week. We talk to someone that's got something new coming out. I don't know that I can really recommend one because uh, because I'm telling you, in, in 30 days there'll be somebody coming out with something. <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I guess, yeah, I have so much uh, love for the old drag racing uh, events and everything. Don Garlitz uh, would ah. be one for racing. And then far as going back to in time, it would be Henry Ford. Uh, well, that would be interesting, too. How about a, sitting at a table with Don and Henry together? Now, that would be something. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Daryl. Don Garlitz has been a guest on this show. And if you'd like, I'd love to make an introduction uh, to Don for you guys to get together and talk. I'm sure he would love to talk to you. He's he's a good old boy. He's an awesome guy. He was a great guest on the show, and I think you two are cut from 
somewhat of the same cloth. So I think I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to see if I can't make that happen. How's that sound? You don't have any idea what that would mean to me. I would love to do that. All right. Well, I'll see what I can do for you. One of the benefits of all the uh, thousand plus people I've talked to here on Cars, yeah. Now, is there a book, Daryl, that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy and benefit from? Well, I, uh, of course, being in retail business and all, Customers for Life, Coral Sewell, outstanding, yeah. outstanding book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I just mentioned Carl's book the other day with a guest I had on this show. I read that book probably 15 years ago. I had all my employees at the time read it because I thought it was so important. And even though it was geared towards the automotive industry, it works in all industries. And it's so important to to have a customer for life. That's what a lot of people don't realize. The first time they buy, they're not really your customer yet. Uh, they need to come back and buy again. So very nice recommendation. I'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources that Daryl has been so kind to share on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Daryl Wishnewski. I'm going to spell that for you because it's a pretty mouthful, W-I-S-C-H-N-E-W-S-K-Y, or just Daryl, and that page will pop right up. All right, Daryl, this last question can be a bit of a doozy, and it's a tough one for a guy who has a collection like yours. I'm going to make you get rid of all your cars, and I'm going to buy you just one cool collector car to have in your garage, but you got to drive it. You can't sell it to buy back all your cars with. Now, of course, this is fantasy, so don't worry. I'm not going to touch your collection. But just for today, if you could only have one, what would it be and why? God, I hate that question. Every, I'm I sorry. <laughs> that so many times people come into the to the museum and say, uh, what's your favorite car? I mean, that's like saying, I'm, what's your favorite child or something? I, mean, I know. <laughs> you know, and, and my cars, if I didn't love them, uh, they wouldn't be in there if they weren't something I really wanted. I guess, and I'm not going to go with value. I'm going to go with the cars that are just that I really like from my uh, youth, uh, my uh, era uh, in performance cars. And, of course, it is not the most expensive car by any means, not the near the most expensive one that I have in my collection. I like a Hemi Roadrunner. Love them. Mm. Now, what is it about the Roadrunner you like so much? I guess it brings back the good old memories back in the day because I had one of those too when I was younger. And I, it, it changed everything. You know, I mean, what really started the, the big change in the muscle cars was the GTO, uh, I believe. But then Mopar, again, doing what they always have done in the past, they come up with something outrageous, and there it was basically a two door taxi cab with these monster motors. And they were extremely affordable, and they had a great sound, and they were feared by everybody. And you could afford it. It was kind of a, an individual that didn't have the, the Cobra money or the Corvette money at and, and that time could afford the Roadrunner. And if they knew what they were doing, they could outrun those guys with the Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. A Roadrunner. I love it. Well, your wife, Linda, told me that you were a big fan of the big motors, So that makes a world of sense to me. Well, Daryl, you have taken us on a great ride today. I've enjoyed learning more about you. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars yeah audience. Did you give us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the drag strip in that hammy roadrunner? It just would, I guess my thoughts on on being uh, successful is you the fear factor. You just can't have the fear factor. Uh, you can't let it consume you and, and uh, it stop you from taking the chances. Uh, as I said earlier in our visit about you know, don't put yourself in a situation to where you can't take advantage of an opportunity. I'm meaning that financially. Don't get overextended to where you can't take an opportunity that may come your way. 
And the other thing, that the final thing is just, as I said earlier, if you like it, you've just got so much more of an opportunity to be successful than being in something that you don't really care for. Absolutely. You know, I love the, the mention of the word fear because my father taught me that fear is simply an acronym for false evidence assumed real. Uh, it's what you think won't work, but you don't know it. You haven't tried it. So how can you think that way? So very well said, Daryl. Take fear out of the equation and you will be able to step forward and do amazing things in your life. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your businesses? Gosh, that's what they can call me. I'm, I'm accessible all the time. I <laughs> work so much. I'm always at work. You, you'd have a hard time calling the, to the Lincoln store and not finding me here. But, uh, of course, we've got uh, BaywayAutoGroup.com. It uh, talks about the dealerships. has a little bit of a biography, I guess, on me. But anybody would welcome to call me. I mean, you can give them my phone number, put it on the on the air, and uh, and I'd welcome all phone calls. I take them. I don't have my phone calls screened. Take them if, if it's going to be a compliment or it's going to be somebody chewing me out because the service department made a, a stumble, maybe stumbled on something. Anyway, anybody can contact me anyway by, by mail. I think you have an address or, or by uh, email or by telephone. Well, there you go. And I'll make sure that all these ways to contact Daryl, should you want to reach out to him, is on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type Daryl, D-A-R-R-Y-L into the search bar, and you'll find that. And remember, if you're going to be anywhere near Seabrook, Texas, uh, May 5th and 6th, go to the Keels and Wheels Concours. You'll see Daryl there. You'll see all sorts of cool cars and boats there, all sorts of awesome people. It is a wonderful, wonderful, spectacular event that is very unique and different. You can learn more by going to keels-wheels.com about that event. Daryl, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. Thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.